Hi, this is Zoe Palmer, and you're listening to Because We're Dangerous, a Dark Matter podcast. You're listening to Because We're Dangerous, a Dark Matter podcast. I'm your host, Annie. And I'm Chris. And I'm Stephanie. We are talking about the last two episodes of Season 1 of Dark Matter, Episode 12 and Episode 13. We will talk about anything and everything from these final episodes, but there won't be any spoilers for future episodes because no one knows what's happening at this point. First, we'll give our quick reviews, then we'll talk about notable elements and stuff that made us happy, and then we'll conclude by discussing the questions we have after this week's episode. Now let's get started with our quick reviews for Episode 12. You know, I thought it was really nice that the android got a couple of good scenes, and they were really good scenes, and mm-hmm. finally. But they put a big emphasis on this controlling-slash-emotionally-manipulative-or-abusive angle. And, you know, I thought to myself several times during the episode, the only way this is okay is if it ends with two destroying this guy, which didn't happen. And, uh, you know... Your mileage may vary, of course. Yeah, this episode made me angry. <laughs> I fumingly sent a direct message to Chris <laughs> within the first, like, 20 minutes. I'm like, oh my god, I, this episode is making me so angry. <laughs> and it's not necessarily because of the way it was constructed, though I, I do think they blew their wad a bit early, because they gave us so much information about two all at once. But what really made me angry was how two was treated, especially given the context of how the female characters have been treated on the show throughout the season. I really did not like the suggestion that this woman was completely helpless without whatever enhancements this dude had given to her. But like you said, Chris, it was nice that the, the android got some some good scenes. She was finally brought in to help save the day. And she feels like she has friends. Aww. Aww. Yeah, I love that the android finally got more fight scenes and was crucial to the rescue of two and that she decided she was. Because she got rid of Redjoid and said that, yeah, she's a, an android with friends, or a machine with friends. And that crawl of hers toward the field emitter, I thought that was pretty dramatic. Um, and as for the rest of the episode, it was okay. It was entertaining. But yeah, it was, I kept waiting for two to kick ass. So it was nice when she finally did. But yeah, I can see your points. I felt like a terrible person when she finally got control of that whirring cutter thingy. It was like, oh, good. She's going to kill a bunch of people now. Thank God. I said that too. (laughs) I was like, damn. (sighs) Left behind all these body parts. And I'm like, well, deserved it. So, Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Deserved it. Meanie lab tech. A-hole. But yeah, she she grabbed that thing and I was just like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Destroy them all too. Kill them all. (laughs) Xena war cry. We're terrible. We're terrible. Well, they're terrible. (laughs) Moving on to our quick reviews for episode 13. Uh, I thought the tension by the time the last scene where five and uh, one, three, and two, I think, I think I got them all, were facing off was was built up pretty well. (laughs) Uh, However, I think this is a show that relies too much on the big reveal, like this big reveal at the end, and then dun-dun-dun. And you can only pull that, like, one time, and unfortunately the ending was ruined for me by social media, because I'm on the West Coast. So it's like everybody's tweeting about it, and I'm like, uh oh. You know, you can only pull that trick one time. So, but it's a, you know, the show needs to, I think, concentrate a little bit more on 
character development instead of just the big reveal uh, as a whole. And getting rid of the android again, disabling her again, is a big no-no, because I just was like, seriously? Ugh. But especially after the previous episode, where she was really useful and, you know, had some good scenes. So I was just disappointed by that. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I think we did all go again yes. when that happened at the beginning of the episode, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Slash end of the previous episode, I think, technically. But yeah. It, it all blurred together. It all ran together. Yeah. I know. I understand. <laughs> but yeah, a, an episode full of betrayal is not my favorite way to end a season. That's it? That's all you got? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, you two will say the rest of it, so... Okay. I just okay. I, betrayal. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure these episodes played very well together as a two hour event. The Wexler episodes would have been a good two hour one. So I, I kind of wish that instead of doing two hours of Dark Matter at the last, maybe they'd had Killjoys take a break earlier in the season and give us the Wexler episodes together. But but that's sci-fi's fault. Oh yeah, oh, of course. This is not on Dark Matter and their production crew. That's that's on sci-fi's decision. But I, I did like this episode better than the first episode. It didn't make me angry, though I, I got to disagree with Andy. The attempts to build tension weren't really working for me. I actually, while watching this episode, I thought of Clue, where they were searching the big house. <laughs> and I was like, that was way more spooky than I found this episode. <laughs> and because, like, technically, this was a bottle episode, right, Chris, where all the characters get trapped in an area right but i feel like it didn't quite benefit from the claustrophobic feeling you usually get because their ship is so damn big (laughs) like (laughs) and there was a lot of like sweeping the ship and looking for people so there was there was a lot of that plus i think the fact that we've had a couple episodes of like oh there is somebody else on the ship (laughs) maybe maybe sort of negated the effect for me a little bit yeah yeah and I thought the reveals about both who wiped the crew's memories as well as who the traitor was, they made sense to me. So I, I think that's a good thing, but I didn't find them particularly surprising. Right. Same. But do you think, cause, cause I've been thinking about that and like the fact that I, that they made sense doesn't necessarily, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't no, know that you necessarily want. Yeah, it should make sense, but I don't know why I didn't find them surprising, but I, I didn't particularly. Oh, can you explain why you thought that? I'm just curious. Well, I mean, earlier in the season, we'd gotten this this glimpse of Griffin Jones's past where he'd done this awful thing unintentionally and felt great remorse and guilt for it. So we were, we'd actually been wondering earlier this season, why is it that he's with this group of criminals and murderers? Like, that doesn't really track, does it? So, yeah, it kind of makes sense that he'd maybe not be on their side. Mm. And plus, last episode, they accidentally killed a bunch of people again, even though he had told them, I don't think it's a good idea that we take this yeah. weapon to the planet. And and that was a point that they brought up in episode 12, the fact that when he has that conversation with Four. So it, it made sense to me, because that's actually what I was thinking about since last episode. Like, how is he in particular going to react to the fact that they had accidentally killed some people again? Yeah. And, uh, and so it, when they revealed, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I hadn't thought it all the way through, but I was like, okay. But it just, you can only pull that trick once with the big reveal. And I feel like the show is built too much around that instead of good scenes and good dialogue instead of just uh, 
you know, having random conversations and awkward turtles with uh, <laughs> one and two. So, yeah. Yeah, we revisited a lot of plot elements we've seen before in episode 13, it felt like, because we had the android disabled again. This is the third time, I right, know. that this has happened? Mm-hmm. Third time. We had the ship engines go out again. This is the third time, right, that this has happened this season. I lost track. <laughs> I, I don't really remember anymore. It's either the third or the fourth time. And we had, you know, revisiting the tension between one and three, which the show kind of put aside for a few episodes because it was convenient and then picked it back up again here. I, I wouldn't mind it so much if it hadn't been, if either they'd moved to the reveal about the fact that one had come on board to kill three closer to this episode, or if we hadn't had quite as much of it in the beginning, maybe it wouldn't feel quite as tired, but it, I just ended up feeling a little tired with it here. I think part of the problem too, especially with airing these two episodes back to back in episode 12, it's always, it's very much about them working together for right, a common a cause, point. like for one of their own. And so to mm-hmm. immediately follow that with none of us trust each other. Yeah. It's a little bit of a jarring transition. It's a good point. But at the same time, it's a very common TV thing, right? Where they have that scene where everybody's getting along finally, and it's all working out fine. We, it's not unusual for the writers to then have the other shoe drop and suddenly nobody trusts each other. True. True. That's fair. But still, it annoys me. Moving into notable elements from these two episodes, we get information that the device that they delivered was illegal white hole technology. It took me a couple of watches to realize they were saying white hole instead of white hall. I don't know if it was a <laughs> Canadian accent. <laughs> white hall. H A L L. Like, what in the heck is that? A white hall? Then huh? they're talking about black hole. Get it? Get Decorators. It? Decorators come up and they <laughs> rise up and they destroy the world. <laughs> what? <laughs> you must only have white hall captions. <laughs> Put on captions, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice, Annie. Good advice. Yeah, I didn't quite get all the techno babble behind it, but I was like, okay, moving on. (laughs) Yeah, but there's a lot of illegal technology on this show. Yeah. I have to say. And I think the android said it was illegal because they worried it would shift the balance of power between the companies. I wish we had a better sense of the universe in which the show existed. I could have used a little more development of that over the season. I get the impression that there's companies, but... Who, I guess it's the Galactic Authority that's saying no white hole technology because I y'all, I, 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 yeah, I just, I wish I had a better grasp of the, the universe and the power structures within it. Mm-hmm. Like, how does the Galactic Authority fit in with like the Mike and the Ferris Corps? Does one rule over the other or does one just police the other? Yeah. I'm not sure. Or is like the Galactic Authority corrupt because they're just in league with all the companies? I'm not yeah. sure. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. But speaking of illegal tech, we learn that two seems to have been developed for an ailing white guy who looks like he's in his 70s, even though his body is apparently 24 years old. No, they were talking about two being 24. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought I thought uh, when he said, how old is this body? I thought he meant his. No, he meant Rebecca. Oh, don't call her that. That's why I said it like that, because I didn't want to call her Rebecca, but that's who he was. Yeah, I got confused when I was tweeting. I'm all Rebecca slash two slash I can't type this fast. Portia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, but, you know, some weird white guy with a Darth Vader voice. I'm all, okay. Mm -hmm. This is why you shouldn't smoke, kids. Yep. I think somebody (laughs) on Twitter called him Bane, old Mm -hmm. Bane or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
But they established the two ages in this episode, so it's not that she has eternal life. So maybe the goal of developing her for this ailing white guy is to just have a superior, healthy body. I guess? I don't know. I'm uncertain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or is is she, like, one of the test versions or something? Or I, I don't guess. know. Because Alex says that they have already developed another prototype since she has escaped. Right. Well, it's handy to have backups, I suppose. How do we feel about uh, this development? About two? Yes. Which development in particular? Be more specific. Rebecca. (laughs) The name? (laughs) Yeah, it was weird. (laughs) No offense to people named Rebecca, but Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm has just ruined your image. And so now I just can't think of of, like badass fighting women named Rebecca. It just sounds ridiculous (laughs) to me. I wasn't even thinking about any of that. It's just... It's just like uh, and biblical. It's so biblical. Okay, no, not the not the name. Just this whole development that she was constructed for this, you know, old Bane guy and uh, creepy Will Wheaton. It was disconcerting to see how attached creepy Will Wheaton was to Rebecca, and I'm like, stop calling her that. <laughs> to two, okay. There we go. Well, they were just making him such a gross, like, coded as abusive guy. Yeah, there were no shades of gray to that character. I was just, like, my skin crawled every every scene. And I was like, if only she could destroy him. I was waiting for it the entire episode, and it didn't happen. And then it was like, oh, but there's a second episode, and I was waiting for it that episode, and it didn't happen. So does your opinion of cho- of two change for the better or worse, knowing that she killed a bunch of these scientists to escape from this guy? It didn't for me. I was like, oh, I get it. I totally get it why she would do that. Yeah, uh, there, no change. No change <laughs> at all. I mean, I this fits in the pattern of two's behavior that we've seen. If she or someone she cares about is threatened, that's what she does. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, they've all done stuff in their past. But we also got some flashbacks in this episode, in in episode 12, about we finally see how five got out of the airlock. Six, of course, rescued her. A Griffin Jones rescued her, which is not, I don't think, surprising. I was going to say, I think I predicted that, right? Yeah, I think so, too. Though three does say that he was just trying to scare her, and he was was kidding. I don't know if he was kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I can kind of believe that. I don't know. I was going to say, we'll never know for sure. Yeah. And so then did Five put the little like little recorder thing under the mess hall table? Is that what she did? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I thought. And then it recorded the whole conversation between two and four, and that's why she's fearing two again. It hadn't occurred to me at the time, but Annie makes a good point, because I was thinking that she had recorded it and then stashed it under the table, but Annie's probably right that she put the recorder under the table and then it recorded the conversation in That's the room. That's the impression possibly. I had. I've only watched the episode once, and I was tweeting at the same time, so I might have missed I mean, something. we don't know, is yeah. what I'm getting at here. But then, what right. was her purpose in writing the code that eventually wiped all the memories? What was she trying to do? I wasn't clear on that. She was trying to keep Portia and Rio from killing whomever they were going to kill. So Presumably. She, what was the purpose of writing the code, though? It wiped all their memories, but what was she trying to mm-hmm. do? I think she was trying to wipe their memories. No, I thought that was unintentional. That's what Six said. But can Six be trusted? True. Well, okay, fair. Maybe she wasn't trying to wipe their memories, but she was trying to do something to prevent them from killing whomever. So I thought it was reasonable that she intended the memory wipe. But maybe she just intended to wipe 
two and four's memories rather than everybody to mess or with maybe their wipe them or... like the past week or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Or, but then, how did all the memories end up getting downloaded into her into her consciousness? So glitch, probably. I don't know. I find Illegal it hard technology. that you could. True. I find it hard to think <laughs> that you could write a program within ten minutes, or you know, because it was really crude, because it was rushed to specifically mess with people's memories to do it that fast in the time that was implied. So I keep thinking that the whole memory wipe was a unintended side effect, and that Five's real intention was something else. But it wasn't explained. It's possible. So, yeah, anyway, but, I mean, finally we got that reveal, so. Was there like, was that moment in episode 12 where Five says something about reprogramming the computer on the ship. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Six said to her, I didn't know you could program. And then Five said, I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why it wasn't surprising to me with the reveal that Five wiped people's memories. Because I think it's something we'd been suspecting for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. Because both she and the android seem the most likely to be able to generate such a program, mm-hmm. given their affinity toward technology. I guess maybe two as well. She seems to be competent in that regard. Right. But obviously the, the guy is not really their strong point. <laughs> But Annie kind of got us off into into talking about the reveal about five. But I actually was thinking about the what we saw of two in the memories that we got, where she's so cold and authoritative toward two. Because there's the suggestion that the relationships that emerge amongst the crew are innate and ingrained that, you know, two and six feel protective of five because they felt protective of her before the memory wipe. So I feel like there's still maybe something they could reveal from their past as to how two goes from, you know, oh, let's get rid of her. She's a child to here. Mm-hmm. Come here, little baby bird. Mama bear. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was her life as Rebecca? Oh, <laughs> you're just doing that to annoy me, aren't you? <laughs> a little bit. But also, I, I, I am serious that I think maybe something something happened there that made her, you know, be like that. Fair. I did like that little reveal about four and how he... Was the deciding he vote was the for deciding five, vote. and that how she thanked him later. That was a nice moment. Even though he couldn't remember. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier, but episode 12 revealed that the android has apparently been able to be violent toward people this entire time. Because that was something I, I eventually became unsure of as the season went on, since she seemed to be, you know, shocked and disabled so much. Because I thought originally in the first episode where she, where two wipes her subroutines, etc., that... She just was making her not violent toward the crew, not necessarily that she was making her not violent, period. But then somebody else convinced me, no, 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 I think they, that means she can't be violent, period. But here we see that she can be. And I found that weird that she has been able to do this the entire time, but hasn't defended herself more. True, true. She needs a uh, anti-shock subroutine. Yeah, I just... I just wish that the whole development of the android's emotions and sticking up for the people she calls her friends, I wish that had there had been a little more time spent on those scenes. And I agree with you. It's like, I think it took all the, the power out of her being able to kick so much ass in episode 12, and then she gets disabled at the end of the episode. And I just thought that was really disappointing. And I'm like, why can't we have more of that in season two, hopefully? So I, I was mad about that. It's like, you give the character this this power, and then you take it away. And I'm like, oh, but it's what I've been waiting for the whole season, more of that. It's like the writers went, oh, crap, 
how can we have a character this powerful and still get away with this story that we want to tell? Oh, I guess we have to immediately disable her. But yeah, it, it gets a little repetitive. Well, and now I'm hoping that Six doesn't like destroy her, her chip or whatever, because I'd like Android and her personality to come back. <sighs> so I'm worried about Android. You're always worried about Android, Annie. I am. Because Android's cute. I did think it was interesting that in episode 13, we had this introduction of a traitor, the person who zaps the android at the end of episode 12. And I think, both logically and through the fact that the characters suspect that the person who's now disabling people on the ship is the same person who wiped their memories, you know, we think they're the same person. But it turns out it's a, a different threat altogether. Probably. They still haven't, like, definitively answered the memory wipe question. Arguably. Because it was six who was the one who led five to those answers, so... Mm -hmm. Fair. I guess, yeah. But this, I, I, what I'm trying to get at, though, is, like, episode 13 suggests that five is likely the one who wiped everyone's memories to protect Portia and Rio from killing someone. And then we learn that six turned the crew over to the galactic authority pretty definitively. Why are you going to argue with me there, Chris? Or do you think that's pretty, pretty well defined? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's fair. Okay. So were you surprised, Annie, when they showed that Six was, well, you said you got spoiled beforehand, but were you surprised when you read it on Twitter? <laughs> uh, I don't know, a little bit, but then hearing you guys' uh, arguments, I'm like, oh yeah, it makes sense. But I don't know if I was invested in the characters enough to be that surprised. I don't know. Yeah, I was, I would have been surprised if Six were the one who wiped the memories, just because it feels like he doesn't have the requisite skill set, yeah. but I'm not surprised uh, that he was the one to turn them over, oh. since he has seemed the most moral throughout the, se the season. Yeah. Right. It's one of those things, it was a moment where I was both kind of surprised and not surprised. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And now it's time for the Hoye Report, in which I like to pretend that three has a crush on one just to amuse myself. So let me say this. I'm going to say this twice because I need you to understand how important this moment was. Three through one down onto a bed. Three through one onto a bed. Oh, the Stephanie. Hoye quotient was high, especially <laughs> in episode 13. I feel like it started off when three invited one to take a little walk with him to discuss something, but I feel like tragically two misunderstands and thinks that three is inviting her and three doesn't feel like he can correct her. It's completely heartbreaking that he has to hide his love that way. Three does look at one as he's saying it. I'm just I know, saying. I know. He does. Exactly, Chris. Thank you. Then we hear that if, if two doesn't do something about one, then three sure as hell will. And then he offers to demonstrate his skill set on one in front of everyone, three. I had no idea you were such an exhibitionist. But I will say that Three was generally being very assertive during this episode. He was literally waiting outside of one's room in case he needed him. I mean, how much more can he throw himself at one? I mean, he's just getting so obvious, guys. And with his Han Solo pants. And then I have a bonus Toye moment for you, Annie, in which I say, yeah, Two wants to blow things up with you, Android, in bed. Oh, yes, <laughs> that was totally the Hoye that I picked up on. I was like, hell yes. <laughs> Team two droid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I definitely had my hoe going off then. It's always a good episode when Annie does her porn music. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> oh, I was just thinking skill set in terms of three wanting to demonstrate skill set. I'm like, no, punch him, punch him. But we could be, you know, again, angry sex. So, <laughs> well, that's what he was actually meaning uh, was the punching. Okay, but I'm. I'm reading things into it, Annie. That's what, that's the point of this I, report. I know, but I was like, oh, a little S and M, maybe. So moving into other stuff that made us happy. I hate cake. What's wrong with cake, three? Jeez. But I thought there was a nice slow-mo badass shot in episode 12 of 2, 4, 6, 3, and 1 as they were heading toward the Marauder. I was like, yeah, badass shot. That was the weirdest counting ever. <laughs> One, two, three, four, six. There we go. They're in order now. <laughs> I enjoyed it when the androids told the red droid that two is her friend. And that the crew likes her. I know. I was like, oh, you're just a machine. A machine with friends. And I liked the way that you could really see the different way that Zoe Palmer is playing those two characters. Yeah. Her facial expressions are completely different between the two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why they, you know, it's like, well, you get double the Palmer in episode 12. So yeah, it's okay that you get basically none in episode 13. <sighs> I just made Annie so sad. I'm sorry, Annie. No, it just made me annoyed. And the android helping too, because she decided to. And the guys are like, let's do another pass. But that was a very welcome change. Yeah, I, and I feel like I sound like a man-hater. It's not that I want the guys to do nothing, but the the women have often been left back on the ship, kind of twiddling their thumbs while the men are off doing a mission. So it's kind of nice that... That was switched up this in episode 12, at least. It's just the fact that it's always divided by gender, it feels like. Mm. I know, it's weird. And that's part of what made me upset in episode 12, is the fact that we have that scene at the dinner table where it's like, all the men talking about two. Like, can we please stop? Can we please stop? If you're going to do that, at least have five be there or something. Yeah, or something. But why we can't get more gender mixing on the show is, remains a puzzle to me. Edit this out, but it's because there are only dudes in the writing room. True. I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that they don't seem to have any female writers. I feel like there might be some different choices made if there are women in the writing room. And note, please, I am not saying that men can't write women characters well or, or integrated into the story properly. You know what I mean? No, and I agree. But I, I feel like, because I feel like these male writers, they feel like they're trying to give us strong female characters, but they're not necessarily noticing these patterns that become problematic. Yes. And I feel like if there was a woman writer in the room, at least one, she might catch them and be like, hey, guys, we've got another scene with all men again. Maybe we could throw in a female character in here. Mm -hmm. Right. Good point. I also liked that Five was annoyed that they left two behind. Really annoyed. So mad. So, so mad. It's like, I, I am Five right now. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was good Two and Five stuff in episode 12. They even hug when she comes back, when two comes back, which is what makes five being so suspicious in episode 13 so difficult. Yeah. I was like, oh, mama bear and her cub. Mm -hmm. And I like how the android was finally at the table with everybody. It's like, oh, she's finally part of the crew. And that she was smelling the wine and drinking the wine, apparently. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I want drunk android. <laughs> 
I loved it when she was smelling the the choice that Zoe made for that, where she, instead of bringing the glass up to her nose, she bent down over the glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the android knew, like, okay, humans smell wine, but she didn't know how to do it. I thought it was adorable. And there are a lot of rather endearing, adorable choices that Zoe Palmer has made with the android. It is true. And it was really nice, even though the android wasn't in episode 13 much, it was nice to see Three upset that somebody knocked her out at the beginning. Yeah, well, nobody messes with his droid. Uh, with my robot. His robot. Pardon <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> robot, Chris, come on. Robot. I know, I know. Get it right. Sorry, Three. <laughs> I saw on Twitter that that seemed to maybe win you over to Three a little bit. It did. Chris. It did. Mm-hmm. To which you immediately responded, well, that means that he's probably guilty. <laughs> It's like, damn it, she's right. (laughs) But actually, speaking of, like, who is guilty, that was another reason why I started to suspect the unconscious people Mm -hmm. after a while was because, you know, five was pointing the finger at two really hard and three and one were so suspicious of each other. And I was like, "Eh, I just can't suspect five. So I I started really thinking "Eh, it's probably one of the unconscious people. They're fake unconscious. Mm -hmm. That was another one of those moments where because you said oh, you like him, he's probably guilty. I was like, damn it, it's six. <laughs> like, in some part in the back of my brain, it's like, damn it, it's six. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. So something else, I once again was struck by how like beautiful and elaborate the sets are. Because there was this nice clear shot of the vault door, and I was just looking around the room, because it was well lit in that <laughs> particular shot. It's like, oh, that's a really nice set. Yeah, that was a benefit to all of the sweeping the ship for potential stowaways was we got really nice, pretty shots of the set. And I did spend most of those scenes just sort of looking at the set design being like, wow, these are really nice sets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, me too. <laughs> I mean, if you've seen people looking for people, you've you've seen it. Yeah. Because they were kind of doing a horrible job, right? They were talking while they were looking for people. And so if there were people there, surely they would, you know, scamper away if they heard them coming. That's a good point. And I was also thinking, like, they have all these huge crates and boxes and things that are people sized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think they looked through any of them. No, nope. I don't think so either. Just saying. There could be 20 more people on that ship. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are. I think there will be. When it when they need them to be, they're suddenly you know all conveniently going to pop up. Yeah, mm-hmm. more parts of the ship or whatever. to discover. Yes, because the ship is I, huge. I know. <laughs> when four said that, I was like, "Yes, there are parts of the ship you haven't discovered." Obviously, did you check the aquarium? <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, once the crew split up and they were looking for people, I really liked the scene between two and three. Even though there was characteristically some parts of it that made me frustrated with three, especially when he was giving her a hard time about sleeping with one, it was still also slightly endearing at the same time. So it was kind of a classic three scene for me. And I actually quite like two and three together now. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not like not like dating, dating, but like as a pair in scenes, I think they have some good scenes together. Well, because three has his heart set on one. I know. I, I know. Exactly. <laughs> And two's busy blowing things up with the android, so (laughs) take that as you will. (laughs) But 
there's that this great moment in that scene, which I didn't notice until I was sort of scanning through a second time, where they come around a corner and three kind of like puts his hand in front of two saying, no, no, stay back. I'm going to check first. And she just looks at his hand like, really, guy? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I can't be killed. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, like, I guess it's kind of nice of three because he, he is concerned for her safety. And safety. Yeah. She's, you know, she's the captain. So mm-hmm. it's, it's perhaps respect for the captain. I'm going to tell myself. <laughs> well, I think it was, yeah, I think it was, it was kind of sweet, but I, I liked the two acknowledged that it was kind of ridiculous at right. the same time. Right. Yeah. I liked it too. The whole thing. I liked when. Red droid came back, and Five tried to hug her and goes right through her. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I know. I was like, oh. Five hugs. Mm-hmm. Slash attempt at hugs. They make yeah. me happy. But then, but then when she, you know, tells Red droid, oh, I like you just the way you are. And then she goes, oh, you can do something for me. Shut the hell up. And I was like dying laughing. That was funny, I thought. But then, so I'm, I'm trying to tweet on the, uh, Dark Matter Pod account, and I was quoting, shut the hell up, you know, laugh out loud, or something like that. And I don't know how, but I tweeted shit the hell up, and it got favorited <laughs> a few times, and I'm like, oh my god, delete, delete. And it was like a few minutes later. So, the perils of live tweeting is very annoying. <laughs> it did not now mean that. Now we know which word you probably use more frequently on your iPhone than Annie, huh? <laughs> I don't know how it happened, I'm sorry. I've done that too, though, because... They're, they're, they're close right to next other. to each other. Yeah, you know, know. it's just uh, <laughs> so that was annoying. But I That's really, hilarious. I did like that line. So, <sighs> and of course, we got another six and five scene. And I don't know about you guys, but I just I love it when the two of them have a scene together. Me too. I do too. I wanted to hug them both, even though they had guns and could potentially shoot me. I wanted to try to <laughs> hug them both. Exactly. And I thought that was a nice exchange between them when he when he says something like, you know, you've been trying to be more like us and we've been trying to be more like you. And then he says, you know, but we failed. We can only be who we really are. And I like that her response to him is, you know, but that's not true. When we woke up, we were six strangers and now we're a family. And at that point, he'd obviously already got the gears in motion to turn everybody in, but I wonder if he felt a little pang of guilt right then when when she said that to him. He better have. I he know. better have. Well, I'm wondering if he's gonna tell the Galactic Authority, go easy on five and android, hopefully. Well, that's a good question. Moving into the question section is because he makes that promise to her when he leaves her room to go chase after the, there was an actual noise that you hear in the sound mix, but clearly he knew that nobody dangerous was actually there but you know he goes out to go investigate whatever and he says to her as he leaves her room you know and you're going to be okay i promise you Mm, so i'm wondering if that's a promise for the future too he knows the galactic authority is coming but he's going to protect her once they arrest them all i hope take them all into custody good call and (laughs) every time watching a thing like this i was like why would you leave the safety of your locked room To go out into the hall to find out what that sound was. (laughs) Have you not seen a horror movie, Five? Mm Mm-hmm. So so here's a question that I know Stephanie has. (laughs) Why in the hell would they name to Rebecca? Seriously, why? Why did that seem like a good name? (gasps) I just don't get it. It doesn't match. She doesn't look like a Rebecca. She doesn't look like a Rebecca. No, if if they're raising her to be a super, you know, 
fighty kick. I can't. I'm making motions with my hands, podcast listeners, that you can't see. But they're going to raise her to be like a, you know, a fighty person. That's just a bad name. That's not like a, a badass name. Rebecca, again, apologies to any Rebecca's out there who are, you know, mixed martial artists or something like that. <laughs> it, it looked like that episode of Buffy where Tara's talking about fighting and makes the little punchy oh. motion. And yeah. then Willow asks her if she means, what, swimming? Chris makes a good point. That's what my motions looked like. It's true. It was. They are not fighty, (laughs) kicky, punchy motions. They're just random swimming strokes. (laughs) But I don't understand why they chose that name. You want a name like 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 Spider or or Scarlet? (laughs) A name like a bug? (laughs) Spider with a Y. Stephanie, really? I want you okay. to submit a list of kick-assy names. Natasha. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of them. <laughs> and put them in the show notes. <laughs> but now I'm just like thinking of like wrestler names, like Justice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the look on her face when she said that. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But my big question is, is that really the end of Rudroid when Five tells her to delete herself? Because if so, I feel like that's a little bit of a letdown for a conclusion to her arc. Yeah. She had an arc? Rudroid? Yeah. Barely. (laughs) kind (laughs) of. Well, I'm wondering if it would have anything to do with getting Android back online, hopefully. I don't know. Maybe there's a backup somewhere in the Razas. Did y'all have a moment before Five fell through Rudroid when you thought, oh, maybe Rudroid is the... Traitor on the ship. Yes. No. So points for that. I thought that was a decent mislead for a second there. And then Annie says no. <laughs> yeah. Well, two out of three. That meant they fooled some people. But maybe that wasn't their intention. I don't know. And then Annie says, it's Zoe Palmer. Why wouldn't I trust her? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I trust all versions of Zoe Palmer. She's trying to kill me? Uh. <laughs> At least I'll die with a smile on my face. <laughs> You're trying to punch me, but really, I think you just want to hold me close, Zoe. (laughs) She's kissing me with her fist. Exactly. (laughs) Do it again. Do it again. (laughs) That's not healthy, Annie. (laughs) But I'm wondering, though, uh, how Fi was able to see Red Droid. I guess maybe they did set it up in the first episode that she appeared that eventually she might be able to... Have the crew yeah. see her as I well? Thought, I thought they had a line that explained that. I just don't remember. So, But if she was... I guess she was part of the ship's programming? Because how yeah. could she appear if the... Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do y'all think about who po- Portia and Rio were planning to kill? Do we think it was Griffin Jones slash Six? Was he a mole working for the Galactic Authority all along? I think that would maybe be the most logical assumption based on what we've seen. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a question, how long has Six been planning to turn the crew of the Raza over to the Galactic Authority? Was it just recently because of the planet they blew up and Six disagreed with it? Or was it something he planned all along because they they were wanted and he's just a guy wanting to round up these people? But along the way, he develops a sort of dysfunctional familial relationship with them? I don't know. Because I was thinking about that, and my thoughts were, my thoughts were first, if he was collaborating with the Galactic Authority all along, then 
why would he still be flagged in the system when they read his DNA earlier on? But then I corrected myself and I thought, well, maybe they left it in there so that if the crew of the Raza checked his background, they would see that he was also a wanted felon. So the fact that he had a record at all may have been a a Galactic Authority plant. I don't know. Hmm. True. But then is his background as one of the people in the insurrection that blew up the, you know, ship and killed 10,000 people or the uh, space station? Is that part of his real background? You know, I think so, because we yeah. see the memories, so I think so. So he definitely, it would make sense that he would have some sort of record with the Galactic Authority. So, again, I just, even though my immediate thought was, oh, he couldn't have been working with them long because of that record that gets popped up when they draw his blood or DNA or whatever. Uh, you know, even though I thought that initially, I think that's not proof of anything necessarily. <laughs> I'm just wondering what Six's motivations were for turning in the crew. I mean, was it, yeah, was it something all along? He just wanted the bounty or I don't know, or he just disagreed morally with what they did. And I think, Chris, you mentioned earlier, if he wasn't a mole all along, then why did he join the crew of the Raza? It hasn't quite made sense to us, given what we've seen of his past. Right. It could have been that if he did join the Raza out of his own free will, instead of being a mole from the beginning, that... Griffin Jones was just trying to escape being captured by the Galactic Authority for what he's for what he did, and the only way he could do it is to integrate in a crew of criminals, so he doesn't stick out. I don't know. I don't know, because I mean, he could have been. It could have been that you know maybe they captured him, and then this is like his his um. That's the deal he made, right? Yeah, or maybe he you know is doing it out of some personal reason. I mean, there are. Many possible answers. And then I was actually going back and I was trying to think of questions that we had throughout the season that haven't been answered. And the first one that came to mind was we never did get a clear answer as to why one had that necklace that matched the one that was on the the mining, the girl in the mining colony back in episode one. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think we ever got a clear answer as to why he had that. Not a clear answer, but I think it's safe to assume that it was deception, since we know that they were hired by the Ferris Corporation to take them out. Elaborate on what you mean by deception, Chris. I mean, I think they had it because they had somehow found out that that was supposed to be the signal, so the people in the colony would trust them, mm, so okay, that yeah. they could that get sense. they could infiltrate and then destroy them from the inside. It's just part of the okay. whole. Yeah, plan. Because there are a lot of people in that colony, but not that many people on the Raza. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that they try to infiltrate and take them out from within. That makes sense. I'll buy that. And I was um, left hanging with the uh, pockets of interdimensional space card that Five had, because I don't think that ever got answered. And for a second, I thought that's what it was when Five was retrieving the file, the audio file, in episode 13. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. is that space card coming back? But no, it turns out it was a different audio file. But, like, there's a couple of shots from a couple of episodes ago. There's publicity shots of from that episode of the android looking at that card. And it was never in the episode. So I'm like, right. was that a cutscene? What's going on with the card? And what... I thought that would play a bigger role overall, and it's just it hasn't yet. So what's going on with that? And it seems like maybe 
another potential illegal tech situation mm-hmm. or just information that wasn't supposed to get out because you still have the question additionally of who wanted that card enough that they killed a bunch of innocent street kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or semi-innocent. Well, fair. <laughs> innocent in this regard. <laughs> yes. Can y'all think of any other unanswered questions from throughout the season? Mm. I feel like there was one I had in my head and then I forgot it. I don't know. I don't think so. Did you go into a space pod and emerge and no longer have that question? (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I thought it was just the shower, but damn. (laughs) (laughs) That was no shower. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's post-shower. My hair isn't even wet. (laughs) Oh, I remembered it. I remembered it. And then I still feel unclear as to why the android was set up as a security measure the way that she was. And maybe this gets into Annie's question of, do we really know what the true intent was with that program that was inserted that ended up wiping their memories? Because if they were, if that android was their android, why would she be a program to attack them? Mm, I don't know. Hmm. I feel like there's still more potential with the android and still more questions. That could get answered, and I like seeing her develop emotions. It was nice. And making her conscious decision to help the crew that has become her friend. So I hope we get to see more of that if there's a season two. Please stop knocking out the android. We would like more android more android fight scenes. More android sex scenes. Why not? <laughs> so that's what I would like in season two. Yes, any. <laughs> Two droid, I'm, I'm calling it. Can you hear me shaking my head? I can. Thank you so much to everybody who sent us donations recently. We do this for fun, and the podcast will always be free, but there are costs involved in producing the podcast, so we appreciate it when you're willing to chip in and help us out. If you would like to support the podcast, please visit askgenretv.com slash support. And we'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Send us your feedback to darkmatter at askgenretv.com. And as you know, season one of Dark Matter has come to an end. We are not planning to release any episodes over the hiatus. So we're returning to our stasis pods because we're dangerous. Thanks for listening.